Success leaves clues, and in the Humans of Imperial podcast, we search for those clues in the stories of our alumni around the world. I'm Chris Roberts, and in this episode, we hear from former professional footballer, now senior consultant with Simon Kutcher and Partners, Lucas Gafferot, and he has a story to tell. From the experience of signing for Barcelona and training with the likes of Lionel Messi, Neymar and Luis Suarez, to his decision to quit football, secure a Masters and build a global career spanning London, La Paz and now back to his home city of Barcelona. Here is some of what you can hear this week. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Lucas. I'm, I'm actually a former professional football player for Football Club Barcelona. I've, uh, I also have a BA in business management, a master's in management from Imperial College, and I am working now as a senior consultant at Simon Kutcher, which is a strategic consulting company, and I'm based in Barcelona now, where I am actually from. I uh, won the Catalonia Cup, won the, the league. Uh, I mean, had the, yeah, as I said, had the privilege to train with probably one of the best Barcelona teams ever with Messi, Neymar, Suarez, they, they won everything. So, so yeah, incredible experience that, that I'm really using um, learnings that I, that I learned, learned back then to, to, my, to my life now. Just following the, the recommendations, I just took a step back and started to talking to people uh, that I that I just like their profile, and I just mm. I could do like five six coffee chats a, a week with people I just found interesting in London, and just ask them what do they do in their life, uh, how's they work like, and at that point it's when I think I started to know where I wanted to go and and where I could be uh, useful and happy working. To be honest, like when I landed, I wanted to go home <laughs> mm. uh, because it's it's I mean it's a, it's like a human reaction. Mm. But then you start like seeing the light. You start I don't know uh, meeting the people you are going to work with. And because I I, I had done like a, a lot of field work and just looking where I wanted to be, like in which industry I wanted to be, in which in which company I wanted to be, I think that helped me a lot. And after two, three days, I, I started meeting the people I was going to work with from Bolivia, from Manchester, from New York. And I just said, okay, like this is, this is going to be an amazing opportunity. I should feel uh, very, very, very happy. And with, I, I think I was 24, 23 years old. And I'm, I'm here and I'm living this experience. So tighten your laces and get your game face on for my conversation with Lucas Gafferot. Lucas, thank you for joining me. Why don't we start with an introduction and maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Lucas. I'm, I'm actually a former professional football player for Football Club Barcelona. I've, uh, I also have a BA in business management, a master's in management from Imperial College, and I am working now as a senior consultant at Simon Kutcher, which is a strategic consulting company, and I'm based in Barcelona now, where I am actually from. Perfect. Thank you for that. So we, were, we are going to talk about your time in Imperial, and obviously we want to talk about your career today and what you're doing now. 
but you said it yourself, and I know our listeners are going to want to hear about it. So why don't we start in the most obvious place, Barcelona? Can you talk us through that part of your life and through that experience a little bit? Yeah, it was actually uh, a, a, an experience that I have very present in in, in my mind. So I, mm. as as every kid, I, I love to play football, but I I, I didn't think uh, I was I was never going to play professionally. So I was just playing for a, a local club. And then starting to get better, and, and uh, at a point, just I just I got a phone call from my mom saying that Barcelona wanted to talk to me. Uh, okay. At that point, I received even more offers from other clubs, so mm-hmm. I didn't know even how to handle this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, "Look, I am from Barcelona. I'm a Barcelona supporter, so I decided to to join Barcelona when I was 17 years old. Uh, I spent there." Uh, Four years, yeah, four years, and and yeah, what can I say? I spent one year in the under eighteenth team, then I spent two years in the B team, and then two years that I was on the B team, but I wasn't long. Uh, and yeah, lots of experiences. Had the privilege to train multiple times with the first team. Mm. Uh, won the Catalonia Cup, won the the league. Uh, I mean, had the yeah, as I said, had the privilege to train with probably one of the best Barcelona teams ever with Messi, mm. Neymar, Suarez. They they won everything. So so yeah, incredible experience that that I'm really using um learnings that I that I learned learned back then to to my to my life now. Mm. It's honestly it's unbelievable talking to somebody who's been through those kind of experience. This is a really stupid question. I was I was going to ask about about Messi and ask if you'd had the chance to play with him. And obviously, you just said that you, you did. I kind of trained with him and things like that. What were what were the highlights for you? In fact, let's go back a little bit. What was it like to get that phone call first of all to say, like you know, picking up the phone and say someone saying to you, Barcelona want to speak to you. What is that like? Honestly, I couldn't even believe it. So my mom called me. I was at school, <laughs> and she said, uh, "This is." This is not the right, but I think you should leave school now. So she she just brought me to a a cafe next to my school, and she said, "Okay, just be just slow down." But I just received a a call from Barcelona. They want to make you an offer, like a three year contract offer. Mm-hmm. Um, just decide what you want. You have time uh, if you want sign it. And so I was playing for a club. I I wasn't even get paid. I mean, it was I was playing with friends. It was not professional. And and yeah, as you can imagine, I I couldn't even believe it. It took me a couple three days to just settle in, mm. uh, think about it, and, and 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 make my decision. Actually, mm. it's it's ridiculous, honestly. So what's it like meeting these kind of people? And what's it like playing with somebody like Messi? Right, you know, the guys from another planet. <laughs> to be honest, it's 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 yeah. As you said, it's it's mind blowing. I mean, like you can see how how good he is on on screen, so everybody knows it. Um. He's probably the best player in the world. Uh, but once you are there, I mean, the things he does in, with the ball, it's, he makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I remember just going to train with the first team because it's quite common when you're playing on, on the B team. Mm-hmm. And he was just scoring all the time. So everything that seemed complex, he was just making it easy. Uh, and yeah, and at that point, you can see that... Uh, the type of player he is and the level he is, it was just, especially in a club like Barcelona, like everybody next to him was like top players, mm. and he and he even stand out in training. So it's like 
ridiculous. So so literally uh, a gift, a gift from the world <laughs> for people who love football. So what were some of the highlights at that time? Obviously, we've mentioned the obvious ones. What what would you say are like kind of things that stand out in your mind about the time? Is it having the chance to be around people like that? Yeah, and it's I mean, it's playing football, it's not it's not that perfect. I mean, like you see, you see them playing at first level, like they win money, they have nice cars, like super fancy lifestyles, but but these are people that go under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you are closer to them, you can believe that it's, that they are not always happy and they are not always, uh, they don't always love their life. So they have to work a lot. They have to, uh, to handle a lot of pressure from inside the team, outside the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's a key learning because when you are working in any other place or in any other industry, you, you also have this pressure and you need to handle it. In, in order mm-hmm. to succeed. So that's why all the pressure that I, I felt when I was young, probably mm-hmm. I, I got it at, at an early at an early stage versus other people. I think it's it just gave me a an edge. Uh, for for example, when I'm I'm working now in, in consulting in a in a very demanding industry, I, mm-hmm. I know how to react and act on on such high levels of pressure. Mm, that's really interesting to be honest, because I imagine, I imagine being a young footballer is high pressure anyway because the stakes are quite high, to be honest. But at a club like Barcelona, I imagine it's like next level pressure, especially if you're playing with the first team and training with them. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just what you say. I mean, football it's probably the most like sports played in the world. So as you can imagine, everybody wants to be uh, playing for the first team in Barcelona. So every day, it's. It's I don't know. It's live or, live or die because they, basically you are playing against every player that wants to be in that single position. So, mm. I mean, of course, the, the, you are training with your teammates, but at the end of the season, you know that um, you probably have the chance to either uh, continue or, or maybe you have to go to another team. You you don't want to do that. Mm. So, so yeah, uh, pressure, it's, it's very high. And not only from 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 your your from players inside and outside your team but also from i don't know social media everything that it's around um around football like if if you i don't know if you did something very wrong in a game mm-hmm. the next day you try not to get i don't know overwhelmed that but by what people say but it's it's almost impossible because as mm-hmm. As as you probably know, uh, when you play for the first team, it's like all your family members. Uh, mm-hmm. Just before the game, it's like okay, I'll be watching you and and my uncle and the uncle of the uncle and everybody's yeah. going to be watching you. No pressure, but like five hundred people of your family is going to be watching you. <laughs> and this is and this is something that that it's hard to deal with at the beginning. That's a really interesting insight, to be honest. Because I mean, you know, at work you can make mistakes all the time and you say things and do things, but. Like you say, if you make a mistake on the pitch, whether it's it's important or not, it's it's in it's it's in public. And exactly. these days as well, like, you know, like you say, you can get torn apart on social media. So that it really is high stakes and high pressure. Exactly, exactly. It's it's just what what you said. It's like, I mean, so I do mistakes now at work, but then at the end at the end of the day, it's like okay, uh, maybe the the guy next to me notices it, and and I'll be probably fine. If you do, I don't know. Imagine doing a mistake on a high pro uh, league game 
Mm. And then the game is being recorded for I don't know how many people, and then the highlights are recorded in for no I don't know how many countries. And imagine just like there are games that people just sign you virtually, and they get points mm. if you do well on the game, and and if you do bad, they mm. they will not like you. And so it's everything. It's pressure and pressure and pressure. Yeah. When when you get like a very very high level, it. I mean, you get better, but when you are young and I, I didn't have any experience dealing pressure like that, uh, it was it was really hard. It was really hard at the beginning. Mm, that's interesting. I, mean, I totally see how something like that would definitely give you the edge later. It's some, it's a level of experience and a level of dealing with like a melting pot of pressure. Uh, you know, at Club at Barcelona, whatever level you're playing at, it's it's high pressure. I can totally see how that would give you an edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so. I just I just really felt that the moment you start you start playing professionally, I mean things things become very differently. I mean, I was playing for fun. I was playing with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atmosphere was great, but then the the at the point everything turns out to be professional. I mean, you have rules. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you come train in the morning, so it's not the afternoon. It's morning. You have to get breakfast here. You have to get lunch here. You cannot eat this. You cannot eat that. You cannot go with your friends on a Friday night. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of things change at a very early age. So you have to be very strong mentally. Uh, you have to, uh, yeah, handle the pressure correctly, or, or, or if you want to succeed in this environment, definitely. Mm-hmm. Something that's really interesting about you as well. You've already mentioned you've got an undergraduate degree in business administration. So that means that you are studying your degree at the same time. You mentioned, you know, players' lifestyles and kind of nice cars and things. They were they were having these lifestyles coming into training in their cars while you were studying at university while also playing for the the kind of youth teams. Is that is that common? That's not very common, I don't think, in the UK that people do their degree alongside being a youth player. Uh, what was that? What was it like to study and be trying to play at the same time? Yeah, it's 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 not easy. Um, uh, of course, it's not impossible, and it's and it's definitely not common because not only be, because players don't want to do it or or they they just are okay with the money they win in football, but it's just because um they they need to to relax. I say this this is a very high pressure environment, mm-hmm. and and there's people and there are times that you cannot handle two things of. I don't know, very high demanding at, at the same time. Yeah. But that just, this is probably thanks to my family as well. They, they, they've always tried to push me towards studying something to always have like a, like an alternative. Mm-hmm. So they, they've always tell me, okay, you want to be a football player, but in case this goes wrong, you need to be able to choose. So, so they, they always focused on, on my studies. And it was also, um, a way for me to get closer to out of this bubble because when you are playing professionally, I mean, mm-hmm. the people you are training with, they are from a, you're like a kind of a bubble, you know, like it's not the same a 20 year old guy that is training for Football Club Barcelona and making money out of football mm-hmm. that a 20 that a year old guy that is going to university and probably working, at, I don't know, at a pizza shop to make some money and pay the studies. So I think it, it, it also helped me to, to be closer to the reality and, and never lose my mind, as I would say. Mm. You mentioned there having kind of a, another plan as well. And, you know, 
we're talking now. You're, you're obviously not playing football now. If you don't want me asking, can you can you talk us through the process, kind of how that came to an end, what your thought processes were at that point in time, and and you know what happened next from there? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, so basically, I so I finished my contract at at, at Barcelona at that time. Uh, it just was by by chance, I think, that I also finished my my undergrad. So um, I had both options. So I'm okay. I've been playing until now from for Barcelona, and I've also my my business management degree. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to. Uh, I didn't want to because I had the option to choose. I didn't want to what I thought was um, a high risk uh, decisions, meaning. If I had the chance, if I if I had the chance to to come and play for a, a like a second division club, like I was in Barcelona, or a first division club in a in a country that I want I wanted to leave, mm-hmm. I would have gone. But then, because um, things happen, uh, I didn't receive any offer that I felt. I received offers to play football professionally, but I didn't receive any offer that I felt uh, was was good enough uh, so i felt it was risky for me to go i don't know um to another country where football is not as big to go to first division and see if i make it and then the next year i can go to the other country so for me it was a it it was a matter of managing risks mm-hmm. and and i decided to it was very it was a very hard des- decision but I, I suddenly managed, uh, decided to stop playing football at all and focus all my, my, my strength in, in studying and, mm. and just learning. Mm. It's obviously gone well from there. That kind of brings us up to when you joined Imperial, doesn't it? So can you talk us as well through kind of, first of all, why Imperial? That's kind of an obvious question. Talk us through what you studied as well and why you decided to do that. Yeah, at that point, because I mean, as I just said, I was, I was, I, I did my, my undergrad while, while I was training. So my experience at university was not the experience you can imagine from any other guy. So I was not going to the Thursday night parties or I wasn't even going to class most of the time. So I was, I was studying on planes on weekends. So I really wanted, um, a university. So I wanted to, to have a proper experience in university. Mm. And and I really had um, the means to just look at everywhere. Mm. So I did. Uh, I started looking for universities that that I felt um, were like amongst the best in Europe. And mm. I started looking at programs that could fit best to my profile. And and after attending, uh, I think it was a, a like these days where you can just go to Imperial and visit the campus and the people that, that are running the program. I went there, I went to, I traveled to London and, and after just this day, I just said, okay, this is, I think this is my place. And I'm just going to meet people from all over the world, from different backgrounds. It is what I need. I've never experienced this um, in my, in my undergrad. And this is, uh, this is what what I want to do now, and and that's why I joined the masters in management at Imperial College. Mm-hmm. How was it? How did you find it? Your time at Imperial and and the program and things like that. Uh, it was it was incredible. I mean, at the beginning, I, I'm not gonna lie, uh, it was tough. So um, my English was good because I studied English and and I and I love to learn languages, but 
but I, as I said, my my experience in in the undergrad was so I wasn't being surrounded by people that are talking about finance all the time, or it's yeah. it's just another environment, right? So so at the beginning, it was a little bit tough to try to adapt myself to a complete new environment, mm. and. But then it's it was just amazing. I think the program is designed in a way that you learn from practical case studies. So what happens in 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 real life, and 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 the reality and is that since I left Imperial, I think I I've made the decision and I've worked for what I've want at all the times. I mean, mm. and and just going back to what I said, having the chances to do what you want i think it's it's a very important thing for me and and it's what i've done since since i left imperial so i that's why i think it's it, it was a very very good decision did you know what you wanted to do next because obviously you've gone on to do you think we're going to we're going to talk about what you went on to do was there a plan when you joined or were you kind of looking for opportunities and just kind of seeing what happened yeah a very good question to be honest um literally no idea so i i i just started my 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 masters and and at the beginning i just saw everybody okay i want i want to go i want to go into investment banking i want to go into consulting mm. and i was okay um i am i the weird one that i i i am not i don't even know what's consulting at this point so it was october people were just applying and i i didn't even know what was consulting so so i had no idea uh but i think that imperial really prepared me to so they they really focused on on building a network and and just talking to people and that's what I did. So at the beginning I started applying to everywhere because I didn't even knew know what I wanted to do. But then just following the, the recommendations, I just took a step back and started to talking to people uh, that I that I just liked their profile and I just mm. I could do like five six coffee chats a week with people I just found interesting in London and just ask them what do they do in their life, uh, how's they work like. And at that point, it's when I think I started to know where I wanted to go and and where I could be uh, useful and happy working. I'm going to rewind you back a bit. I love that you said that you had no idea what you want to do. You're right. There's kind of two types of students. There's students that have it all planned out. They know exactly what they're going to do. And a lot of them go on and do it. But I think there are a lot of students who have absolutely no idea what they want to do. And I love that you said you didn't even know what consulting was and now you work in it. I think there's probably going to be a big sigh of relief from a lot of people who are listening to this and hear you say that. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. It's quite yeah, funny, man. yeah. Yeah. So I mean, how did you find it when you went into consulting? How did you find the transition? You've gone from, you know, professional football to full-time study in another country to kind of going into a different kind of career altogether. So I mean, not even consulting in general, just kind of how did you find that transition? Yeah, um, I, as I said, it was again another tough moment because I, I didn't, I didn't even, I, ha- I didn't have the chance to work before, so I was just mm. like. Fully okay. I finished my masters. Uh, I just studied a lot, worked so hard, and and as I said, I I when I when I really knew where I wanted to go, and um, just finding the job wasn't as difficult as it was at the beginning because my focus was really narrowed. Uh, mm-hmm. And I and I started working in in a bank, 
um, but in the sports department. Uh, and and I thought, I thought that I could bring uh, like extra value because of my experience. And mm. so it, it was a bit tough at the beginning from from the more technical side because I didn't have experience uh, working before. But I think, um, as I said before, my all the learnings I, I had from my previous experiences in Barcelona, just mm-hmm. knowing how to deal pressure, working harder than everyone, just to just to excel and make things easier. And mm-hmm. and I think it, it just showed out. Yeah. Can I ask you a, a practical question? And this might be a silly question, to be honest. How did you find kind of transitioning from the lifestyle of training patterns and things like that. You mentioned it was in the mornings and things like that to then being a student. And we kind of, we know what student lifestyles can be like sometimes to then having like a, I don't know if it was nine to five, but I think sometimes a challenge for some students who've gone through kind of education and then they get their first job. One of the challenges they have is working nine to five, Monday to Friday. It's, it's not something people are, are used to at that point sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the thing for me, for me to, uh, for me, this was even a thing. So it's something that I don't know, like elite sports players have since since they are young. So they are very strict persons. Uh, as I said, I was I was not in, eating what I wanted. I was not doing what I wanted. Uh, even at Imperial College, I was going to the gym early in the morning before before lectures. Mm. So th- you you built like kind of routines that stick with you forever. I would say. And this is something that gives you an edge when when things change or don't go as you as you wish. For example, like working, I don't know, nine to five or nine to seven or whatever. Um, so I, I was I was more prepared than anyone I would say in 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 mm-hmm. I don't know in the cohort to do that because I've been doing that since I was like seventeen. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it can be difficult for people, but I think that's some of the things that if you are used to to train having routine since you're young and it's mm. it's useful i like how you've leveraged your experience as well obviously you had a background in football a background in sport and then the next few kind of roles that you had kind of lent on your football knowledge and i don't know maybe network and things like that you've mentioned the bank side but you also worked for a city football group can you talk us through that a bit because if you don't mind me saying, that's pretty cool. For listeners who who don't know who City Football Group are, well, why don't you why don't you tell us who they are? Because it's it's interesting. Yeah, basically, um, as I said, like at the beginning, I didn't even know what consulting was, what I wanted to mm-hmm. do. But then I I started just talking to people that I felt okay, like this pro. I really like this profile. I'm gonna talk to them, and I started looking to. I I started finding companies programs that I didn't even know they existed, and. And one of these conversations, I had I had the chance to meet a guy that helped me a lot, and he he told me that that he worked with City Football Group, and that the that my profile would would fit perfectly because it had the the business side of of football, mm. and also the football side, and and that a person that could stand at the middle, like it 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 was perfect for them. So I mm. I reached them out literally um, while I was working at at, at the bank. And and I managed to find uh, I managed to just to organize an interview in in Manchester, uh, mm. and I did it. And I I literally went there and said, look, th- like this is me. This is what I've done, and mm. um, I think I can be really useful for for you because I I, I think I mean I didn't say it, but City Football Group is probably uh, 
the biggest football group in the world. Like they are doing amazing. They, I think they own like now 12 football clubs around the world mm. and they, they are just not a football club. They are a, an entertainment company. So they, they think uh, further, they are trying to do new things uh, at every level, like sponsorship, uh, match day sales. So everything that you can think when you are going to a football game, mm. they try to do things different. They try to innovate and and it was a an amazing experience to 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 be there. I uh, I, I stayed there for two years and mm. and I have really really good memories. Mm. I mean, so there's two things I want to want to ask you about off the back of that. And I'll say first, City City Group. Um, for any listeners who aren't football fans like me and obviously like you, they own clubs like Man City. First of all, is probably the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, New York City, Melbourne City, uh, Mumbai City, clubs all over the world. So. Yeah. You know, it's an amazing organization to work for. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask about really was you said that you started reaching out to people and contacting people. So basically you networked and you sourced yourself an opportunity. Am I right in thinking it was as simple as that? You contacted somebody on LinkedIn, they came back to you, you arranged a chat, you then had an interview and it went from, it was, was it really as, as straightforward yeah, yeah. as that? It's, it's just like that. I mean, um, I'm just thinking about uh, back, like in my position right now, I feel sometimes I get messages from LinkedIn, just people asking, what do I do? Hmm. And it's, and if, and speaking with them, you can see if they really, I mean, how's they profile, how hard they really like, and what are they here for? And I think, and, and that that's just how it was. I just, met with this guy uh, in a cafe in London. And he said, uh, look, I mean, your profile sounds amazing. I think you really want to succeed in the sports industry. Um, and why don't you look at this and this? Uh, and one of these options was was City Football Group. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Um, it, it wasn't as simple as writing an email. So I I had to talk to a lot of people. But, but if you follow what you want, uh, like... I, I remember, I don't know, it was like two months after my first message, then someone's reply and this guy just sets up the meeting. So if you follow things, uh, things end up happening. Uh, and yeah, I just got my interview without, I would say, applying to a formal position, if that makes sense. We talk about this stuff all the time. Like we talk to students about it too. And like, you know, the importance of your network and the value of going on LinkedIn and doing these kind of things. So, uh, you know, we're not going to stop talking about it anytime soon. It clearly really works. And by the way, RIP your inbox, because I'm pretty sure you're probably going to have a bunch of students contacting you after saying that's what you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm always happy to, to help them because it's something that I did and I really valued, I mean, I am where I am probably because these people that helped me mm. uh, and that's a part also of being like an Imperial alumni. So if anyone an Imperial uh, wants to reach me out, I, I'm I'm happy to <laughs> to share my, my knowledge or if I can help them. Just <laughs> I think you just anything. got yourself a new full-time job, but, but yeah, I mean, we tell students this stuff because this stuff works and you're yeah. a really good example of it. The other thing I want to ask you about um, with city football group is that, so you've started out in Barcelona You've come to London to study Imperial. And then, you know, you've had a job in between, obviously, in London, but then you joined City Football Group and you were in Bolivia. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, as you said, City Football Group owns clubs uh, around the world. And and in, in Bolivia, they they don't like fully own the club. It's 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 called a partner club. 
but it's called the, the club. It's Bolivar uh, Football Club, and what what we were doing was um, the City Football Group was helping this uh, this club in Bolivia to become um, just more professional in all areas. So infrastructure, they are building an academy, they are building a stadium, and just player management, how to uh, academy management. So the, these these guys uh, really want to do things better. Um, then and and basically they partnered with City Football Group just to help them do this because they 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 have the know how, and, and as part of that that project, um, they needed people from the football side and the business side to go to Bolivia and be like kind of the middlemen uh, between these two clubs um, mm. and help them build synergies and and help them in all these areas that I've talked about and and that was me I. I, I just got on a plane and went to to Bolivia alone. What's what's that like? What's it like starting out in, in new countries? Uh I mean it's the the fact that I speak Spanish uh it was was really helpful because I uh, if not I, I I don't think I could have been able to do that. But but again it's it was when I landed in Bolivia I was like wow. Uh I, I had never been to even South America before. Uh so um I was afraid to be honest. Um I was at the beginning living in a hotel. Uh so yeah, everything was new. I I don't even knew what to do because I, as I said, this was a new partnership. Mm. And uh, and the first day were, were were tough, but but I don't know. This is something that you learned from I don't know, like working at, at college, just the, the fact that I said at the beginning that. Imperial has people from all over the world. This mm. helps, and and the fact of that is that I I went to Bolivia and I I just settled myself and I was just friends with everyone till the moment I get there because I knew how to act when I went there. And um, so yeah, the first weeks were 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 tough uh, as expected, but I I I just adapted myself pretty well and and started working and mm. and just the good thing is that the partnership it's it's still going on. They just built an amazing um, academy, uh, like infrastructure in in La Paz, which is the highest capital city in the world, which is amazing, and and yeah, really really happy for 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 them and, and my time there. You said you were afraid at the start. Uh, I think you know, I think there'll probably be students listening to this who can connect with that feeling, whether they're starting a new job or whether they just come to London for the first time and they're you know it's a new city and they're starting their studies. Kind of, can you talk us through how you're feeling at that point in time, but also how you, what you did about it, kind of how you settled in. You said you kind of settled into the area, you got to know people. Can you talk us through that a little? Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, like when I landed, I wanted to go home mm. <laughs> uh, because it's it's. I mean, it's uh, it's like a human reaction, mm. but then you start like seeing the light. You start, I don't know. Uh, meeting the people you are going to work with, and because I I, I had done like a, a lot of field work, and um, just looking where I wanted to be, like in which industry I wanted to be, in which in which company I wanted to be, I think that helped me a lot. And after two three days, I I start meeting the people I was going to work with from Bolivia, from Manchester, from New York, um. I just said, okay, like this is this is going to be an amazing opportunity. I should feel 
very, very, very happy that with, I, I think I was 24, 23 years old. Um, I'm I'm here and I'm living this experience. So mm. that 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 was it, to be honest. Mm. One parallel I do want to draw before I go on to the next question is that there is another person who started off at Barcelona and then ended up at City Football Group. And I'm not saying you're the same as Pep Guardiola, but I am <laughs> going to say it out loud that you've kind of been in the same places and maybe that's not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, but let's fast forward to today. You're back in Barcelona now. Uh, can you talk us through, I'm interested to know what drove your decision to go back to Barcelona, first of all, and also tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, um, to be honest, I was in Bolivia and I said I was alone, so COVID, COVID happened. Um, oh yeah, of course. And yeah. And yeah, things weren't like so. Imagine like if if, if things were tough uh, in in the UK or in Europe and in South America, uh, it was it was even stronger um, because they don't have a lot of of means to to battle that. And I, I just needed I just needed a break. I I wanted to to come back home. Um, it was it wasn't anything uh, related about the job because I loved it. Uh, the people. Uh, were great and but I, I felt I wanted to come back uh, because it, it was like I don't know three four years that I I, ha- I haven't been home since mm. and I needed and I needed to be home and and I really wanted to again I didn't I didn't know what to do because in in Barcelona you have football club Barcelona but there are not a lot of positions in in sports, because as I said, City Football Group is not is not just a football club; it's something more. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what to do, and I just felt I I wanted to to start in a place where I could do projects in different industries, learn from different people, mm. and and again I started doing my field my field work. <laughs> I started to meeting people, and I ended up were starting in in Simon Kutcher, which is a like a, a, as I said, a strategic consulting company with with offices all around the world, but I'm I'm based in Barcelona. To be fair, there are worse places to be than Barcelona. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound yeah. like too much of a hardship to live in Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so can you talk us through? You've been with Simon Kutcher for a little while now. Can you talk us through your time there and we talk about what your current role is, if that's okay? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm now, uh, so I started as a consultant. I'm now a, a senior consultant. Um, so as I said, it's a, a strategic consulting company that we, we really do, uh, our projects are focused on, on growth. Mm-hmm. So everything that it's, uh, increasing revenues, increasing gross margin. So we work with a lot of the, like the top companies in the world and we do amazing projects and it's nice because projects are very short so it's i would say three months working a lot with with companies that really make uh impact in the world mm. uh let's say i i i don't know i work three months in an industry that i have no idea then i go back after three months and i start working with a company in another new industry and it's Mm. It's it's a very tough uh, industry, as everybody knows, because it's it's hard pressure, a lot of work. Uh, but again, um, it, it, it's not different from I was from what I was getting at Barcelona. So it's mm. I feel comfortable here, and I'm learning a lot because mm. it's it's constant constantly changing, and I and I really I really like it. 
Mm. I love that you keep drawing back to that experience and the, the things you got from it. It sounds like, and obviously it's a very positive experience, but it sounds like it kind of continues to be positive experience that you draw on all the time. Yes, and 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 it's a reality. I mean, I'm 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 not I'm not ashamed to say that I I I don't know that I dropped that I I I didn't make it to professional football, but but the reality is I'm I'm happy with with my life now. Uh, Mm. Uh, I think I have a very very good position. Um, I I really like my job, and I and I think I'm I'm good at my job because of the learnings I and experiences I have from the past. So so that's why I have this in mind like constantly. I think it'd be a bit hard on yourself there, man. It, it's like use the word "didn't make it." It sounds like you decided to do something else, which is a brave decision, and you know it takes a lot of strength encouraged to be able to decide at that point in time to go and do something else and travel to another country to begin that so so yeah i think you made a little hard on yourself <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean but, but but when you are playing football so if i go back to that 20 year old guy 20 year old guy and say okay uh, i'm going to stop playing football I, I still have the chance so i could follow my what what was my dream mm. but i think that i just felt the path was too risky for me Mm. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, as I said, I'm I'm happy with with my decision. So, so yeah, I mean, you've you've lived around the world. You've worked for some amazing companies, organizations. You're happy with where you are, and I don't know what else you can ask for. I do think it's really funny that you're now a senior consultant and loving your job. And a few years ago, you started at Imperial and had absolutely no idea what consulting was. Yeah, it's it's quite funny. Uh, I I still think about it. So I remember just like, okay, what what I am applying to? I what do these guys do? I mean, <laughs> I I I did know. Okay, like the, these words, uh, various industries, people from different backgrounds, yeah. uh, a very high pressure, demanding environment. I I didn't know what what it meant. Mm. And now that I that I really know, so I I spoke to people. I, I just said, okay, what's your what's what's your day like uh, mm. do you like it and and i understood what what is it about then i, I and i love it so mm. when i i joined imperial I, I didn't even believe i was i was going to be a consultant to be honest and uh, look where i am now <laughs> oh exactly it's it's an interesting one as well because consulting can be one of those sectors that is hard to get your head around by the very nature of the job you just said you do projects pretty much every three months working with different companies working in different sectors so i'm going to be a little bit cruel and i'm going to ask you a question you didn't know what it was then what is consulting for our listeners okay uh, <laughs> I, i'll just try i'll try it i'll try it and so what i would say it's consulting is that um so big companies these are usually big companies have problems mm. uh which they need to solve quite quickly because uh, it has a lot of of impact so I, I don't know let's say um i need to launch a new product um should i do it this way or this way and they they don't have the means to mm. to just finding it out and basically what they do it's they hire a consulting company and said look i have this problem and you and i need you to help me how to do it so mm. you 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 basically day one have no idea about the industry have no idea about the problem about anything and just just start by looking at at the market okay which market is it is it i mean who are the competitors what's happening is it increasing uh, is it going down mm. um what is that they are trying to launch 
what can be the potential impacts and and just week by week you are learning more and more and more about the industry and in after i don't know eight nine ten weeks you have gone through a completely new experience learning people um, from people just talking to people that have been in that industry for 20 years and help helping them solve a problem that they didn't know how to do this is what's consulting for me mm. uh and I said, as I said, it's intense because you never know the problems your client is going to have, and mm. probably is going to be from an industry you you don't know. And that that's what what it makes it intense, but but also challenging. And and I like it. Mm. I hope I hope it helps. <laughs> yeah. To be fair. I put you on the spot there, and I think you nailed it. You nailed it. So yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you did all right. One of the things I, I like, uh, one of the reasons I like speaking to people who work in consulting is you can literally speak to a hundred different consultants and ask them what they're working on, and they're all doing completely different things in completely different sectors. Sometimes things you would never imagine. So it, it does sound like it's one of those roles that if you like work. And, you know, lots of people, lots of companies say that work is different every day, and you work on lots of things. Consulting really is that. It, it, it genuinely is that. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's, as I said, like every day, it's a new day. Like, and as I said, because you are working for the client and you have deadlines, there's a lot of intensity, but imagine like the client, sometimes you are working for this problem and the client just last morning had a problem in the other part of the world, which wants you to help him. And, and, and it's just a completely new day what you had planned. So it's mm. just like this. And sometimes I, I wake up and next day I'm just with my luggage going to Madrid or whatever, because mm. I don't know, I have a meeting there and, and I need to be there. So, so yeah, definitely it's uh, it's like this. Mm. Final question. And I always ask this question to guests on the podcast. Uh, what advice would you have for current students? So, I mean, the other way to look at it is you could go back in time and talk to yourself as you're starting Imperial or as you're coming to the end, it's kind of up to you. What advice would you have? My my advice um, would be to to do I, I don't know if it's the right word because I, I'm not native but to do a lot of field work, meaning that um, as you said there are people that get into the masters and really know what they want to do, um, but a lot of people don't and I didn't and I think it's very important early from the beginning that you don't lose uh, strength and focusing on things that yet you don't even know yet so i would i would tell them to to build a strong network to talk to previous alumni if they like consulting or if they want to learn about what consulting is just reach out talk to them see if it's for you because if it's not for you it, it doesn't matter if you go to interviews you're not going to make it because there's i mean mm. comp- competition so intense especially in london that that you need to to stand out. And I think by knowing what you want to do, like you already stand out. And that's that's my my advice to really build a network and and try to know what you want to do and what you don't want to do before starting and getting into the into the ribs of applying interviews and everything. Yeah. That's my 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 advice. Lucas, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I was really looking forward to, to talking to you after this episode. And that's a great way to end the episode as well. So honestly, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.
Okay, so it's not every day that you speak to a former professional footballer, and speaking with one who's played with players like Luis Suarez, Neymar, and of course Lionel Messi is even rarer. I loved hearing about Lucas's time at Barcelona, but what I loved more was hearing him refer to it over and over again when he talked about his life and career since. He's right too, whether you played for Barcelona or you, I don't know, worked in a bank, made coffee, there are things we can learn that we bring with us later. For Lucas, you can hear that it's things like discipline, hard work, dedication, all of those things that come with being a footballer, and each of them is still benefiting him now. But a few things that I really loved about that conversation. First of all, having the courage to take a risk, and a big one. Second, he had no idea what consultant was on day one at Imperial, and now he's a senior consultant. And third, what he called fieldwork. Basically, networking, researching, connecting with alumni, setting up coffee chats, and the fact that he managed to find a job with an organisation like City Football Group, having never actually applied, it's a brilliant example of the power of taking the initiative and building your network. Finally, I, I really appreciated his honesty about how he felt when he first arrived in Bolivia. I think that's something that a lot of people, especially anyone just arriving in London to start their studies at Imperial, for example, can really relate to, and I'm grateful to Lucas for sharing that. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please don't forget to subscribe and share. I've been Chris Roberts, and I'll see you next time.